0: I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls are hot. I thought we had to have all the answers right now. And now? I'm kind of liking the fact that I don't. If one of us goes to war, we all go to war. Welcome back to Love and the Fighter. I'm your host, Charles DiGisco, and it is great to be back here with all of you. Powerful Wednesday, December 2nd. this past weekend we had the uh I almost said John Jones, the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. boxing fight. And I want to talk about this first because I had gone over it a little bit and I was like a little skeptical and okay, ignore all that. At its core, I thought that Mike Tyson looked excellent, truly, and, and the thing that impressed me the most wasn't just his movement or his punches, it was his reaction time, which for a fifty four year old man was just I felt out of this world, to be honest with you. I mean, that like fast Twitch reaction time, that really leaves when you get older. But I will tell you, I thought he looked great. And and not to discredit Roy Jones Jr., who at 51 I thought looked pretty good too. But I mean, Mike really did look excellent. I wanna I wanna I'm not gonna get into the fight too much. It was a draw. We kind of saw that coming because the Athletic Commission had made such a clear point of hey. This is not going to be what you're hoping it's going to be. This is going to be an exhibition match. It's not going to count. Yada, yada, yada. But at its core, I was pretty impressed with what I saw. I mean, I thought Mike looked great. I thought Rod Jones looked great. I thought the, the production of the card was fantastic. And the good stops there. Because I think that the commentary with Snoop Dogg, not only is it annoying, it's just quite frankly disrespectful. And... There's just no reason to have somebody like that at this point in the game. Like once was a gimmick, the UFC learned their lesson. There's just, let's get him out of there because he provides nothing of value and he really takes away from the experience. Just flat out, there's just no reason, especially when you have him cutting off guys like Sugar Ray Leonard or Israel Adesanya, who was okay, but clearly I would say he's a good speaker, but not a good commentator in the sense that that whole series really, that whole... Hard and the fights, it really just lacked that, like, what's occurring here, the good, solid color commentary that gives you e- breakdowns for what's happening. It was kind of, it made it more like a spectacle and it was just, hey, these big names are on the mic and, you know, companies love doing that. They love getting these guys on the mic that people will listen to for about four minutes before they tune out and they watch whatever product these commentators are presenting. And, you know, look, a name is going to get you, it's going to get a reaction on a tweet. I will tell you that. When you announce that you have Snoop Dogg Commentating your boxing match, people are like, "Oh, what? All right, let's check it out." And then within seconds, that's it. It's it's nobody's like watching boxing to hear the commentary. You hear the commentary to better understand what's occurring in the match, right? Or in, and I say in the match because it could be anything: football, baseball, boxing, MMA, jujitsu. It doesn't matter. You know, there's good commentators and there's bad commentators, and the personal fame and fortune and success of those commentators really is irrelevant to. The product that they're actually presenting so i put that out there obviously i'm biased as a commentator no doubt but still miss me with that bullshit um with that said jake paul fought nate robinson jake paul's a big youtube star and people are going to tune in to watch this guy i get it i'm okay with that um nate robinson despite being a fantastic athlete a former professional nba player this is kind of what happens when you don't train you know and you don't really respect the sport look if i had to put a if i had to like quantify the skill letter level of jake paul probably at or around like maybe a little bit above me you know what i mean but not a crazy amount and i don't say that as in i'm good i just mean that as in if if you you have experience in trained combat and you fight somebody who does not have any experience in trained combat you will always look good but this talk of jake paul fighting conor mcgregor Dude, I mean, what are, we t- what are we talking about? You know, people believe that he would go and he would beat up Dylan Dennis because Dylan Dennis is a grappler and he's not known for his his hands, but make no mistake about it. Dylan Dennis has sparred with legitimate pro fighters. He's fought legitimate pro fighters who would undoubtedly beat up Jake Paul in boxing, right? And, and you know, Ben Askren... And that's an interesting one because his hands are particularly bad, but he's an Olympic wrestler. So in MMA, you don't really ever see how bad it is because of his, his skill set on the ground. That one is a little bit different, but Don Dennis is like a young, hungry athlete who's taking the sport seriously. He's training. He's, he, I mean, he's an epic troll of epic proportions on t- Twitter. I mean, he's wildly annoying, but, but again, like, you know, he's in it. He's a pro fighter. Jake Paul is a YouTube star who trains, and I will tell you, he hits hard. He clearly takes the sport seriously, which I respect. And, and I don't mean any of this as disrespect to Jake Paul. It's just people need to temper their expectations. Jake Paul is okay as a professional boxing record, but really, he's a hobbyist, right? He's a hobbyist who's taking the sport seriously. More power to him. I hope he continues his journey. Truly, I do. Um, but we need to we need to stop with these like him fighting other professional fighters there's just such a difference you know and, and maybe maybe there could be an exponential matchup where you have somebody who's a very uh novice striker but with such good grappling ability that they're able to compete at the highest levels but like imagine if he fought Damian maia right damien is like a really good brazilian jiu-jitsu player but i mean Damian maia would knock him out like instantly you know this guy stood across from anderson silva and sure it wasn't a good fight but people need to understand like the the data that professional fighters have gained competing in whatever it is any striking sport kickboxing boxing MMA the the data they've seen the movement they've seen the violence that they've seen at these levels that will transfer over into just boxing because they're definitely at least boxing and it will transfer over really well when you fight a guy who is a youtuber right not a not a real fighter you know now with that said, I again, I don't want to shit on Jake Paul. I'm talking more about Jake Paul than I am fucking Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., which is amazing. But um, I'll leave it at this. Again, he looked great. Clearly, he's a hobbyist who's taking it seriously, and I, I'm rooting for him. More power to you. At its core, he should probably keep fighting people around his skill level who are hobbyists, who are taking the sport seriously, but far from professional fighters. And I think that will still bring fans in, and, and that's going to pump up the pay-per-view buys. But 1.2 million is what they said. I, was th- I think I said like south of 500. I think that was what I was thinking. So this is more than, I mean, this came out of nowhere. And especially with Triller, who wasn't really doing a great job advertising it. I think this is really highlighting the the market that is... YouTube MMA boxing like all these things these the people have fame from outside sources especially not like movie fame but like or wrestling fame like CM Punk but that YouTube fame that social media fame that really does get people intrigued and more people were buying Jake Paul or or, or I'm sorry Logan Paul and KSI who is Jake Paul's older brother and this other gentleman um which I think KSI goes back to the Halo 2 days shout out to KSI more people bought that fight, I think it was like 875,000, Then, maybe Khabib Gechi. I don't know if exactly that's true. But, I mean, 875,000 pay-per-view buys to watch guys who really aren't good at fighting fight. That is a market in itself. And I think the faster that that boxing specifically, because, you know, MMA has done such a better job, I think, producing big fights and cards and that given that same feeling of spectacle, boxing kind of needs this life. So if you're going to get your buys because you're going to have a coming event where it's, an, it's a YouTuber who's fighting, who is training and is in shape, let's let it happen. Get the pay-per-view buys. Support the Legends League, which is really what I believe Mike Tyson is hoping to do. I, I, I think that's this was the jump point for that. I know I had talked about, hey, if this, this organization gets buys, I do think we'll see more of them. Well, I'll tell you what, if they get 1.2 million buys, I think we're going to see the same exact formula. There'll be some adjustments. Hopefully they, they take it a little bit easy on the production in terms of like the music concerts and all that. It's just, it just kind of is filler. It's just filler. Nobody wants to watch a concert. That's the other thing too. A lot of places, you have no live audience. What are you doing? Right? What are we doing? Get rid of that. Give us more fights, condense the pay-per-view time. You could even bump up the price if you want, because at $50, they did great. You know, one point two, right? So one point two million buys domestically. I don't know about internationally, but one point two million buys at fifty dollars a buy, that's uh one that'll be fifty million, point two, so forty percent of uh what is that? So that's like what seventy million dollars. I'm not mad at that. Let me do this math real quick. Sixty million. My bad. So uh anyway. I thought it was a great event. I'm actually quite happy for them. And uh, I think anytime you, you see that kind of success, I think that is a good thing. So all in all, a great event. The UFC, though, I can't quite say the same thing about Just as a whole, and I talked about this a little bit last week, there's really not a whole lot that's compelling. Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis was the main event that fell through because Blades tested positive for coronavirus, which I think we're going to see more of. In fact, we actually have seen more of, and I'll talk about that in a minute. So they bumped up the main event to Anthony Smith versus Devin Clark. And to make a long story short, Anthony Smith won first round triangle. I was actually pretty happy to see that because he's had a real tough go lately. I mean, this guy's just constantly in main events. He's constantly fighting really tough dudes. And and I feel like he's getting hurt. But it was a big win for him. He got back in that column. I thought it was a big step up in competition for Devin, Devin Clark, who was a wrestler first and foremost. But at its core, I think it was it was good for Smith, and hopefully he doesn't just rush back into something just because. Or he continues to fight somebody who's not going to quite beat him as badly. And what I mean by that is like physically, right? A Paul Craig fight, I think, is pretty intriguing because you have a very good grappler, and, and the threat is all ground-based as opposed to somebody like, uh, I don't know um, another, like a Glover Teixeira again, or a, uh, what's uh, Proshinsky or Prashkashka? I'm not very good at pronouncing those names, but anybody else in that top five in the light heavyweight division, I just don't think we need to go there with Anthony Smith again. So hopefully he takes that win and he rides that momentum, but the card as a whole was, I don't want to say forgettable because I never say things like that, but just in general, I, I wasn't really intrigued by it. There was no no matchups on that card that I felt like I really had to see. And I watched it because I love MMA and I can't really get enough of it. But there was no nothing that I felt compelled about. It was more like I was watching each, each fight as an individual fight without consequence as opposed to, oh, if he wins here, then he could fight so-and-so and there's a lot riding on the line. You see what I'm saying? Just kind of was like, hey, this is fun. Let's watch this, right? And then the next fight happened and I watched that and that was that. So... You know, I, I think it's just there's gonna be that time where you're gonna have that those fillers. And I do believe that the UFC is putting that on, most likely because they have a deal with Disney where they have to show a certain amount of fights. And on top of that, you know, in relation to ESPN plus and on top of that, I think they have a good idea that there will be another lockdown. So they really gotta get these guys active and they have to put on as much as they possibly can until somebody tells them they have to stop. So I respect what they're doing. I like what they're doing. I appreciate the content. I'd be lying to you if I told you it isn't a little bit underwhelming, you know? But hey, I'd rather complain about having fights that don't really intrigue me than complain about not having any fights at all. So take that for what it's worth. But let's talk a little bit about corona and the UFC. So just last week, or just, it was either last week or just the other day, we had 2,600 people, more than 2,600 people die in a single day due to coronavirus. Now, I don't want to talk about like all of the things that go into that. You know, I think everybody in general... It's a contentious topic and, and you guys know me enough, enough by now to know that I kind of stay right in the center and I try not to get too political either way, right? I just kind of call out something very silly if I see it, but as the most part, I'm not really into that. So avoiding the debate around the topic, we got to do something to slow this down. And if not because of your your own risk or you care about somebody else's risk. I just think you know if your main focus is on getting a normal life back, you know, wearing a mask is probably going to go a long way. And, you know, stopping large crowd gatherings and, and protests are included in that. Of course, you know, I, I don't believe in that hypocrisy, like a big group together is going to be a problem. You just have to slow the spread, right? Like remember when we all started this thing, we started this whole thing to, to slow the spread. And in general, we're not really doing a good job of that. So we're going to see more fights fall off. We're going to see more of life as we know it kind of stop. It's going to kind of grind to a halt because for a little while there we were doing pretty good but you know there's some seasonal aspects and there's some there's some parties or some states that kind of have gone a little bit full-blown ahead which i think everybody would agree is not a not a good idea in any sort of uh transferable illness situation so i i say these things because it's no secret that corona has fucking seriously negatively impacted my life down from my relationship to my business, just to, you know, the money in my bank account. So, and I'm not alone in that. And and I think that we need to show a little bit more respect to just maybe not, if we're not gonna fight it the way it should be fought, at the least doing what we can to just kind of get those numbers lower because the higher they go, whether you believe it or not, whether you support it or not, whether you're, whether you're threatened by it or not, things will shut down. And the economy grinding to a halt I'm telling you guys, that's just, that's a long-term bad. It's long-term bad. And for the folks who are like, well, then just don't do it. 2,600 people died from, from that, you know, and, and comorbidities or not, these are the type of numbers where things will shut down because of that. People are going to get scared. People are going to be, they're going to fall victim to this. And I just think it's, it's become a real problem. And and I, I didn't mean to go on that rant specifically, but as a gym owner, I could tell you guys like, this is something I'm thinking about constantly. And, and I really don't have a horse in the race in terms of like, oh, it's a hoax or, oh, it's super serious. Like, I don't really care about any of that. It's just, I don't want the government to tell me I have to close my business, right? So if they, they make me wear a mask, that kind of is like the easiest, like as far as government overreach is concerned, that's the easiest thing. Nobody's affecting my freedom of speech. Nobody's taking, you know, affecting my second amendment. You want me to wear a piece of cloth over my mouth? No problem. I cover my mouth when I sneeze. I'll cover my mouth when I breathe. I get it. Hopefully these fucking people do too because I don't want to deal with their bad breath. Right now, it, how much of a difference does that make? Maybe hopefully a little, <laughs> right? Because if not, yeah, I agree. That's some bullshit, but it, it seems like it does. Some science supports the mask wearing. Let's just go ahead and, and you know, prevent this from getting any worse. You know, all 17 listeners of you. <laughs> but I bring this up and I I, I apologize for going on the rant. It's just, you know, it's, it. I don't usually do that. But it just seems like we're kind of there right now because if you're just an MMA fan, Leon Edwards just tested positive for Corona. Kevin Holland tested positive for Corona. So I'll break that down a little bit. And obviously this past weekend, uh, Curtis Blades tested positive for Corona. So that's three main events in one month in a 30-day span here that have all been shifted. So the first, obviously, Leon Edwards, man, that guy's had a tough go of it, huh? He was going to fight Tyron Woodley in March. Corona shut down that fight. He... Played some games, kind of overplayed his hand, I think admittedly, but I get it. You know, the guy's got to shoot a shot, Um, got smacked around by the UFC, pulled from the rankings. Then he's fighting Kamzat Chamayev, who's just an up and coming killer, who's not ranked. Well, I guess now he is at 15, but he's just, he's got all the momentum in the world. Not an easy fight, especially for a guy like Leon Edwards, who was knocking on the door of a title shot, but now he's fighting a guy who's below him, who with all the momentum in the world, that one probably won't put him in that position. So, just in general, for for Leon, it's kind of had a, a tough go of it, and then to get sick and have that fight fall through—that's that's tough. That's tough. So, I feel for him there. Um, now they're talking about bumping up Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Jeff Neal to main event, which I think is great. It's a good fight. You got to think, if you're Leon Edwards, maybe you just wish you took that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight back a couple months ago. You know, but. But I say that, and then and then the following week you had uh, Kevin Holland test positive for Corona. Now he didn't have as bad of a case. I should. It's worth knowing. Leon Edwards lost like twelve pounds from the illness. That's significant. That's pretty significant because keep in mind these are super healthy people who are who are athletes, right? They're like peak condition athletes with really strong lungs. Just in general, any sort of aerobic exercise sport is going to be less susceptible, less less at risk. Um, so that's significant. And then Kevin Holland tested positive, who had admittedly a much milder case which is what it should be for folks like them but he actually ended up having his main event moved to the end of the month now he's fighting Ray souza and marvin vittori who was originally fighting Ray, bumped up and he's fighting jack Hermanson this weekend which i actually think is a better fight so i'm looking forward to that but you could kind of see like there's a lot of shakeup here man just a lot of shake up and um you know we i just I really think we got to do something here to, to switch that up. And, and it's not just on us. You know. I think it's, it's the government's doing a shitty job of it too. And local governments are doing a bad job. And some places are way too restrictive. I think some places are treating it like the gulag. And other places are treating it like it's spring break, Daytona Beach. And there's just got to be something in the middle there that, that does what we need to do. You know. Where I can, I can wrap my arms around us not fixing it <clears throat> in a day. But I can't quite wrap my arms around us continuing to deal with this as uh, as we're entering. It's going to be a year before we seem to even have it under control. So the whole world is struggling. Try to do your part. Also, one more thing. A rumor of GSP versus Khabib now is starting to spread. I know we talked about this before. And I know that Khabib actually, I'm sorry, GSP actually did a test cut to 55 and it went well and this, that, and the other thing. But recently Khabib said that he, he, after saying he's got no reason to come back, he's not doing it. That's that. um, He is going to have a conversation with Dana White. Number one, number two, his manager, Ali Abdelaziz said today, GSP with three heart eye emojis, which is a little bit like, all right, come on, but the idea, I think, is that they're trying to pressure that fight to happen because if Khabib is only going to fight one more time and he's not going to continue to defend his title, the UFC does stand to gain one more big payday. And the biggest payday for them would be GSP, Khabib, right? GSP, one of their greatest of all time, in my opinion, their greatest of all time, comes back to fight the undefeated greatest of all time. Lightweight in their in, in his division. Um, I think that's pretty compelling, and normally the UFC doesn't like doing that because they don't want somebody to come in, win the championship, then leave. That's like a disaster for them. So if that person's going to leave anyway to get them back for one more fight, and maybe it sells a million and a half, two million worldwide, because GSP obviously be a huge star from Canada and with a strong international presence, could be a major push from the uh, from Eastern Europe and the Middle East. I mean, there's some real heavy finance that goes into that fight where if you're dana white and you're saying all right well khabib's done anyway fuck let's get one more let's like really ring this tile out one more time uh excuse me tile towel out one more time and, and now we got something big here and, and you could maybe try to make history so i do think there's reasons to do that i, I understand i i got the reservations against it but if we know khabib's not coming back He's not going to defend against the winner between Poirier and McGregor, and he's not going to fight the winner of Charles Oliveira, Tony Ferguson. Give him GSP. Really have a true legacy fight. I mean, talk about a retirement fight. That would be arguably the biggest fight of all time. I think the only fight that would have been bigger would have been um, Conor McGregor GSP, which they were trying to make happen, but then Conor lost to RDA, fell out, Nate Diaz came in, Conor then lost to Nate Diaz, then had to go back and they rematched, and then the story continued, but yeah, look, this is uh this is what it is. You could do something. Could be. I mean, I would love to see Khabib fight more one more time. I would love to see that matchup happen, but let's really do what we can to to at least get that final thirty and 0 or twenty-nine and one if GSP were to able to come back and get that job done. And and you kinda that's like GSP's swan song, right? I mean, I don't think it gets any better than winning the middleweight title after a four year layoff. But it might if you come back to beat the greatest lightweight of all time or one of the greatest lightweights of all time who was undefeated up until this point and really only lost one round his whole career. And that one round was to uh Conor McGregor in the third. So makes sense to me. Then again, I don't own the UFC. Before I let you guys go, we are sponsored now. Very exciting. I'm not doing a this is a casual read, but there will be a full read coming to you soon. Um, this is the sponsor is Tiger Stripe Supplements. This is brought to you by Mr. Antonio Guzman. And the code is 15% off, lover-15. So it's 15% off any supplement on their website. And the code is lover, L O V E R, 15. So as a whole, just to give you a quick rundown, I'm taking their CBD, I'm taking their CoQ10. It's just a soup to nuts. They have all sorts of supplements that have been tested in all of the FDA certified labs. Everything you need is on the website, but by and large, this is just a, a, a great company run by a great person who's, who's really doing great things. So I, there's nothing I could say more to support him other than I'm, I'm using all the subs, I'm, I'm on board and, uh, and I think you should be too. So check that out. It's Tiger Stripe supplements and that is l- code lover 15 L O V E R 15 for 15% off your order. All right. I hope everybody has a great day. I will be back maybe next week flying to Jordan. Yalla, let's go. Big news on the way there, but might be doing a podcast with the producer Grace when we're uh, when we're stateside. So, more to come there. I hope everybody has a great week. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I will say I almost shut that. I had a tremendous Thanksgiving. Tremendous. And I owe an apology to everybody who likes turkey because the turkey was pretty fucking good. It wasn't dry. You know, I go on this whole rant every year. You guys know. But this turkey wasn't dry. It was quite delicious. Good gravy, great people. And uh, and I had just a blast. So shout out to Kurt and company. You guys really just know how to make somebody feel welcome. And also just, you know, you get a bunch of quality people together and, and you're bound to have a good time. So um, that's what I did there. I hope everybody else had a great Thanksgiving. And if you didn't, hopefully you make it up this Christmas. All right? All right, guys. I will see you soon. I can't say when for the next episode of The Lover and the Fighter. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls are hot. I thought we had to have all the answers right now. And now? I'm kind of liking the fact that I don't. If one of us goes to win...